and welcome to this week's episode from A Lancashire Lass. Today I chat to Rachel Ovenden, a wedding photographer based in the northwest of England, all about her business and some tips for us amateurs on how to get better at photography. Hope you enjoy! Joining me today is Rachel Ovenden from Rachel Ovenden Photography. She does weddings, engagement shots, couples, families and commercial um, photographs as well. Really, really good to have you on. Hi, Rachel, how are you today? Hi, Lucy. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. No, it's fine. It's great. I must say before we start, I live or used to live next door to Rachel with neighbours, been brought up together, really. So <laughs> that's how I know her. Um, so I know you've always been creative, but how did you get into photography? I've always been interested in um, like art, anything creative really. But um, so I, I took GCSE art, really, yeah. really enjoyed it. When I went on to pick my college options, I knew I was picking art. And then I kind of thought photography is another thing. Similar like, you know, it'd be like sketchbooks and doing... Um, creative things and it could just be like a filler subject and um, mm. I ended up enjoying it so much more my whole college experience was really good but I think that fine art course was really like structured and you kind of had to fit into an aesthetic whereas photography you were it was completely free range so I really liked that yeah. um, and then I guess it helped my dad has always been really interested in it so we always had cameras in the house anyway so I had access to it which I was, yeah. I was very lucky to have um, and then how I got into my particular field of photography was um, we actually have a family friend who does wedding photography um, and my dad kind of had a chat and said oh you know would you mind just taking my daughter along to one wedding just to see how she finds it and I didn't I didn't think I'd really enjoy it I just thought it would be good experience um, <laughs> Because I hadn't really found my style. I didn't really like fashion photography or studio work that much, but um, it really surprised me. I just, I loved the entire experience. I just couldn't wait to do another one. And then since then, I, he's mentored me ever since. Um, so I went through, I took photography at uni as well. I've just followed it on through there. So yeah. he's been a big help in helping me find this. That's so cool. So when you were talking about your style, what kind of, is your photography style? Um, so I don't, I, I think I have quite a, a natural, unobtrusive approach to photography. I don't really like to pose people too much. Yeah. Sometimes you kind of have to, and you know, it is my job to make people feel as comfortable as possible. And I completely understand when people don't feel comfortable because I do not enjoy having my photo taken at all. So but what, whatever kind of I approach, I try and do it from quite a natural aspect and, you know, try and capture the atmosphere of what's going on yeah. more, than, more than anything. So how, um, how was it like your first wedding when you got booked to be the photographer? Was that quite nerve wracking? Yeah, ter- I had done, I'd done so many with Tim as like a second shooting, but um, if, if you do second shoot at a wedding, you don't, you don't go at the front during the ceremony and you don't take the lead on the 
like portraits and stuff like that so the pressure was really on and and everyone had kind of warned me like you know it's it's a really stressful environment and the you know you've got a lot a lot of responsibility so I was I was stressed and then when I got there I thought like no I am good at this I can do this and yeah you know I I felt the pressure which is a good thing I think because it keeps you kind of sharp but yeah. I just loved it I just enjoyed every minute I I think I've always liked weddings. I've never been a bridesmaid, so maybe I've got a few questions No. Well, when I was thinking about photography and like being like wedding photography like you are, and I was thinking it must be quite a pressure to sort of, it's that person's one day. Like, yeah, it's such an important day. And I think like that is quite a heavy pressure, but you're, like you yeah. said, you are very good at it. We had um, me and mum booked a, like a family shoot with Rachel. Well, it was meant to be the three of us, but dad was busy. He doesn't like his picture being taken, but we had like, um, we booked it. And so Rachel sort of lets you choose a, a location. So we chose Beacon Fell. Um, yeah. And then we rearranged it a few times just because of the weather. And then we we picked like an afternoon and the, the what's it called? Like the golden golden hour. Yeah. Kind of just before the sunset, before the light blue like if you're on Instagram you'll know about the golden hour <laughs> yeah. it was so good that time at Beacon Fell and like when Rachel said she's very unobtrusive she sort of what's your how would you describe your process so, so you sort of run ahead and then take pictures as we're walking and just sort of being candid kind of thing and you sort of hit yeah. it almost so yeah, yeah, I do have to warn people, like I will be hiding in bushes during shoots. So yeah, like aside from weddings, kind of midweek things that I do is um, like engagement pre-wedding shoots or recently I've been doing more family shoots. Because um, I think I think people are realising now but that something like that is worth more than maybe a materialistic gift. Like it's a memory you can hold on to. But my approach with them is, um it's kind of like I leapfrog with people um mm -hmm. and it gives it like I think you kind of notice you and your mum had space to kind of chat and your natural interactions with each other will always look so much better than yeah. a posed smile and being like oh god she's taking our picture right now so giving you that space reflects in the photos kind of the the comfortability that you've got um yeah but then it, at the same time like I do like to have a chat and like I obviously wanted to catch up with you guys anyway because um yeah I currently don't live next door anymore but yeah with anyone like I, I do like to get to know people and I think that's one of the perks of the job is that it is very social yeah um, and immediately even though like we knew you, you are very easy to, and comfortable to be around. Like you- Oh, thank you. <laughs> you didn't feel like, oh, we're walking towards an hour, what are we gonna do? Like, it was almost like you sort of blended in into the atmosphere and it, we were just ourselves and then you were sort of taking the pictures and they were just like all the pictures when, when you sent them through and we were looking at them and they, they're all just so, so good. I put a few on Instagram, but like, just choosing a few like they, they were just really really good so I would oh, highly recommend Rachel. So why don't you tell me a bit about when you set your business up and where you're based? Yeah um so I started so I went to Leeds Arts Uni to do uh, photography and it was 
it was kind of an opportunity to see if I wanted to go down a different route because a lot of people there do um like film photography and like the studio resources are unbelievable there but I just I just knew that I had found what it was I wanted to do and I felt very lucky that I had at such an early point in my life so um when I got into my second year of uni I started thinking about like okay what is important to me for a career like I want to be self-employed I want to have the flexibility of that I want to enjoy what I'm doing I don't want to wake up and think like oh god so I thought by the time I get out of uni I want to be in a position where that's already happening so in September when I went back to uni Mm -hmm. I set up my business um kind of just starting to take in bookings for the summers I couldn't really do it in term time but it eased me into it really well so yeah so I started in uni um so what what year was that was it sort of like 2018 yeah around so by then I'd already had probably two or three years experience so I knew I knew what I was doing and it was time for me to kind of like take it on myself and like really grow and learn from yeah doing it solo and feeling that pressure and then I think each year I've definitely definitely improved which is but I still I look back on old weddings I think if you look at my Instagram in the coming weeks there's quite a few throwbacks from that first year I guess like the more you do it the more experience you get the the better you get kind of thing yeah and I think um, immersing yourself in photography as well and then just apply without even thinking about it kind of because I don't have time when I'm at a wedding because everything moves so quickly to think about setting up a shot. So just to know that I've absorbed all this like um, content. Yeah. When, when I'm taking a photo, it just makes it so much easier to like have variety and constantly improve. So do you have like a list when you go into a wedding of like, I need, obviously like you need the bride and groom shots and things like that but do you have like a list of the more unobtrusive ones or do you just sort of capture the moments when they're happening um I definitely had a list when I started out especially um like in bridal prep for the first half an hour I would say I just take like the detail shots and let let the girls get used to being around a camera because it is a weird you know big Thing to have in the room and it does make people feel uncomfortable sometimes so I did you know used to follow a list when I was starting out of um, all the different things I needed to get and then through experience I'm not on autopilot at all but I can put it to the back of my mind and then pick up on the little things that are happening a, a big part of it is being able to know when a moment is about to happen yeah. before it does so you've got to like not eavesdrop but know where a conversation's going know if oh, someone yeah. is getting yeah. to the punchline and yeah so then if they laugh you can get the picture yeah that's cool but, I think like anyone who takes photos is just so incredibly talented to capture those moments I think it's just so such a talent and you've got to have such an app <laughs> for it so yeah that's I think that's amazing <laughs> um, it's, it's frustrating when you miss one but I think you, you can't beat yourself up if if a moment happens and you just you just couldn't set it up in time you just have to think like it's gone now there's nothing I can I can't recreate that like let's just let let look for the next one because some, yeah. someone will be funny soon <laughs> you're, when you're talking about like setting up a shot how do you sort of 
do that is it because at the moment in my degree I'm learning about when I'm videoing or interviewing people it's got to be like the rule of thirds so it's best that yeah eyes are sort of in the top third and that yeah if you're interviewing them not to be like directly looking at the camera so what kind of setup have you got um so this is definitely something that I learned during like my college experience with photography but um the rule of thirds definitely and it kind of plays into like the psychology behind photos of as well as like making people feel comfortable when they look at a photo so there's other things like if a, if a woman I'm, I'm not sure why this is a rule but if a woman is on the outside of a frame mm-hmm. it makes people feel uncomfortable because they don't know what's on the other side kind of thing so if you can frame her with something else that kind of not puts her in a box but makes people think like no she's safe there like um, there's little things like that. Um, the formal elements are a massive thing for framing, I think. So that's a line, shape, pattern, tone, colour, texture and space. And then also layering as well. I found that it's like a really not easy way of framing things in a nice way. But if you can get someone's face on an intersection point, so where the rule of thirds kind of crosses, mm-hmm. you get four points. And that's where your eye naturally looks at first. So if you can put someone there and then frame them with someone in the foreground, uh, yeah. it just like it just makes people feel more comfortable. Um, but you can't really think about that when you're at a wedding. Like that's that's yeah. what comes with experience. And definitely I would recommend second shooting for someone first. So you can get the terms with that and not feel the pressure of delivering. So what kind of things did you do when you were a second shooter at weddings and things? So my my job was mainly to get the candids, which is probably what's shaped my style mm-hmm. now because I, I got so kind of comfortable with, you know, dipping into people's conversations and frame people using other people and things like that. I didn't have to think too much about organizing the group shots or the portraits or anything and I do I do struggle with group shots I'm naturally just a quiet person so to have to kind of get the attention of a hundred people and tell them what to do is is still a challenge for me but I've I've managed to work around it and there's often a very handy best man or father of the bride or something that will do the shouting for me. So how has it been being a photographer during Covid times and lockdown um obviously sort of weddings have been smaller but most haven't you know we're in another lockdown now and weddings aren't allowed to happen um I don't think you'd be allowed to do the photos outside with people now because it's like one-on-one walking around and stuff but Mm -hmm. what was it like in COVID and were there any innovative photography things that you could you did or how you how you adapted well, it is, it's a real shame for the whole wedding industry, really. Um, for a lot of people, they've just been building up to this day for years and they don't want to sacrifice it and have like a smaller wedding where you have the reception and then everyone goes home kind of thing. So what I've found is the majority of my couples have postponed. What I've found throughout the summer, it was, it was quite uh, good that I could do um portrait shoots and family shoots like we spoke about earlier because I can still wear a mask and I obviously keep my distance quite a lot um yeah but then also good sorry when we, when we had ours you were very good like PP'd up and you also had your own like your distance like two plus meters you were well far away yeah <laughs> yeah well like 
it's all about just making people feel comfortable because if they're not you can tell in the photos so recently I've been trying to do more like using my style still and not compromising on that but more commercial work so I've been trying to help because obviously independent businesses in Lancashire Mm-hmm. have been struggling and I, you know like I'm sure you know from doing this podcast as well that it has been a really hard year for everyone but particularly for businesses like cafes and restaurants so I've been doing more photos kind of to help them with social media and the website because it's this has been a good time for people to kind of update these things and I don't, yeah diversifying your sort of skills in a way but like you said not compromising your style so that's good yeah yeah absolutely so I've done that and it what I do like is the variety in my job like you know with weddings no two weddings are the same kind mm-hmm. of thing and with this it's the same so I've, I have done work with um studio John Bridge they've brought out um a line of furniture it's really great it's called machined uh, they don't mm-hmm. use any glues or screws everything is made in Lancashire they're really great so that's been fun kind of doing um architectural furniture photography but on the other side there's been um I went into townhouse um in Preston if you've not been before it's it's certainly anything beneath is the most lovely person it gave them a bank of photos to use on social media so they didn't have to worry about that yeah that's and they could focus on you know like the harder things that COVID has brought through so um, and it's nice for me to spend the morning in a coffee shop yeah less pressure than a wedding (laughs) yeah are you booked up like in 2021 then like have you got quite a lot of yeah weddings and then people hearing about you through other people when everything's back to normal I'm guessing you'll be going to be really really busy absolutely and I've, I've really missed it to be honest I felt uh maybe when I when we first went into lockdown I was a bit like oh like a bit of a break and I was I was feeling a little bit burnt out because I'd had a lot of weddings in a row kind of thing um but over this time I've realized that like I just love it so much and I just want to just want to be doing them all the time kind of thing and like I love spending the day with someone or a couple that is just so special for it's it's really rewarding so um yes I'm almost fully booked to 2021 I've got a few dates left but essentially yes everyone from last year has postponed and then I've got my normal amount of bookings anyway so yeah I'm gonna be tired by the end of the year but I'll be very grateful for it all <laughs> yeah and I hope like it won't be too long before sort of weddings take place again and things because like it is such a nice moment for people and like you said like you're also sharing sharing that moment with with them as well which is really nice where's your place or like not wedding venue because I'm not making you pick a wedding venue because that's tight but (laughs) place that you've ever taken photos like is it abroad or is it is it um like Bavenham Park or do you have sort of a favorite spot that yeah I do I do love Avenham Park I I live around the corner and I run around there most days so I feel like very in tune with all the good spots there um but I just I really just love being around nature so when we went to Beacon Fell it was just nice to get out and get fresh air and like move our bodies because we've just you know had so many months of having to just sit on the sofa and do nothing but I would say I don't really take that many photos when I go abroad because although I do love my job um 
it is like I do feel like I'm working when I take photos now I don't really do the whole street photography thing I think it's, it's great and I love so many street photographers work but maybe it's something I'm not very good at potentially but yeah. um no so yeah. if I was going to have some downtime abroad it would I would still go back to the, like my art days I would still like to draw and paint as much as possible would you ever do like destination weddings like if someone wanted you to be the photographer in like Oh, I think a really nice place I'd rather be the Maldives the would, Ma you ever, oh, would you ever imagine like, go absolutely yeah. yeah that would be amazing yeah I know quite a lot of people have them in um, Italy and France and places like that um I work at a co-working space in the um society one Kat and Brendan that own it they did had a wedding in Ibiza Wow. Um, and I just think like imagine being able to go to Ibiza and say yeah it's for my job like <laughs> that would be so good but um, I've not had the opportunity yet um, but I'm sure it will come. <laughs> yeah, definitely when you were in well not in lockdown but when the restrictions relaxed a bit did you do any sort of things over summer like when people were graduating or um, were there any unique things that happened that you were a photographer for? Yeah, um, there was there was quite a few actually. I have surprised myself with the amount of um, work I have been able to do when it feels like I've not worked for ages. But um, my partner Ben, he was one of the unfortunate few that graduated throughout all this, and he kind of got robbed of a graduation day, which I felt very sorry for him for because I loved it when I graduated. It was such a good day. So um, me and his sister and his parents kind of organised a bit of a surprise, like in his garden, graduation thing. So I, I actually did the photos for that as if, as if I was kind of in the background. And it, it was really nice. And I think a lot of other people did similar things. So yeah. maybe it could be something like, that takes you know, off. You photograph. Was it more weird or was it more comfortable? Um, I would probably say... I felt more comfortable but they would probably notice me more but because I would be there anyway I think I think they kind of did notice me a bit more whereas if I'm a stranger people can just kind of ignore me. <laughs> I love that though because I follow Rachel on Instagram and I'll share Instagram at the end for you all to follow but um, I loved seeing like the graduation pictures and because nothing will sell you as a photographer more than the quality and amazingness of your as your photo those <laughs> to be shared and like like when I shared it um someone was like oh I really like that and so then I gave them your Instagram and it's sort of stuff like that because that's sort yeah. of the way that you'll get and wedding fairs but it's it's sort of what people see is what yeah you choose isn't it so yeah absolutely I think the best kind of marketing kind of always has and always will be word of mouth because yeah. you will trust your friend's opinion over kind of like some random review or some advertisement you've seen somewhere okay. like it so but I do feel very grateful that people like such as yourself will kind of do my networking for me in a way <laughs> no and like that's the whole point of this podcast was to sort of get like small or big like Lancashire brands and just support the community so yeah definitely um <laughs> I want to ask now like for amateurs if they yes. into photography so you know we've got phones with amazing cameras I just got the 12 pro max and it's got the three things wow. it, it, it's three things three cameras but the quality is 
absolutely amazing. I went yeah. when we were allowed. Isn't it weird we have to say when we were allowed or when restrictions? I know. It's such a Orwellian life we're living. Yeah, we have to like clarify because people are the judge like, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Or like, oh. yeah. <laughs> so when we were allowed, I went to the Lake District and took went on a walk and took some pictures of the lake and I just said to mum just throw a pebble in the in the lake and then it's sort of the yeah call it the the splash and it just so lovely on the um on my on my phone so do people really have cameras nowadays if they're not professional (laughs) ignore the phone like what 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 is it yeah, well, I would definitely say, and I, I think a lot of photographers will say this, that the best camera you can have is just the one that you have on you. So that if that is your iPhone, like there's no shame in that whatsoever. And like you said, the technology has just come on so much. Like the the photos on iPhones, I look at and think like, oh gosh, what camera they use? That's incredible. But um, don't feel like you are not a photographer. You do not have a giant you know like really expensive body I think definitely look into the photos that you like like I said like just absorb as much as you can about photography and like the photographers that you like always just the best camera you have is what you've got on you at the time and I guess it's sort of 50 50 like it's not the lighting and it makes massive difference and there's quite a lot of maths behind it which is maybe why I, I was never too keen on it but I prefer natural lighting yeah. Um, I think it just lends itself really well to my style and it kind of takes the pressure off lighting it yourself I, d- I do have all the like off-camera lighting for like the evening shots at a wedding and things like that but yeah yeah no- I think natural light it's the golden hour that was pretty spectacular when the sun was like sort of setting and um, that looked really nice and then framing so like you said don't put um, a woman on the outside but also children is that right don't put a young person yeah yeah or like the smallest person in the frame uh, you wouldn't put them on the outside and I think like it's not all dependent on the camera it's the person behind the camera that's got the technique to set the shot up so you can't just yeah buy the most expensive camera and expect to be the best photographer forever it's no not at all yeah it definitely helps sometimes and I think some I don't know whether it's this is a good thing or not but it does I think fill people with more confidence in your ability if you've got like a really you know like seemingly like complicated setup but most of the times if you can make it simple for yourself you'll probably be able to notice more things kind of in your surroundings that you're taking photos of anyway and is natural light better or is it sort or is sort of artificial light better for sort of taking photos would you say um it definitely depends on what you're doing like if you were doing studio work um my tip for an amateur photographer would be to just take loads of photos and like all the time and if you're taking photo of something take lots of photos of it It doesn't matter if your camera roll is full of the same photo there will be little changes and you'll surprise yourself with kind of the little differences but um yes the brightest part of the photo I will naturally look at first so maybe that can be something you do when you're composing your photo or or in post as well post-production is a really important part of it yeah um what type of camera if so if I wanted to buy a camera if anyone was thinking you know what we're in a lockdown we don't know when it'll end 
I'd like to pick up a new hobby on my daily exercise or my walks and I'm going to get into sort of taking photos yeah people look for in a camera um for it to be sort of a good camera I mean I know a few of the makes like Canon, Lumix, Sony but I, yeah. I think, like what should they look for for it to be worth the money um yeah this is actually a really interesting question I use a Nikon D75 and I kind of um I know that's kind of it's kind of top end and a lot of wedding photographers use it and it lends itself really well to that kind of photography um I, I wouldn't know what to suggest really um it, def- like the bigger the lens the better you know like you see some photographers and they've got like I'm going to sound like a real basic bit. <laughs> but they've got like the, the screen and the display and then the camera bit they've got like a really 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 long lens some of them have yeah. and don't use that and you, they, and sometimes I'm like oh but you you're not using that big contraption is that going to be a good photo <laughs> is it does it matter if they've got that what is it what even is it called like the zoom like like just big lenses yeah it, it all depends on kind of the photos so if you're doing bird watching photography we'll often find the first photography always have really giant lenses and it's um it kind of lends itself well to the depth of field and you know how far away your subject is so I have 400 mil I would show you but obviously this is a podcast but that's quite a big one and it is you know it's heavy and a little bit of a burden but the you can be really far away from people and get like a really nice depth of field I wouldn't suggest anybody if they are starting out should spend loads and loads of money like it it isn't a cheap hobby I will you know I will accept that but um you know start off with a camera what started out hobby for you is like turn into your profession which is like yeah um and I was I was really lucky because so I use Nikon because my dad use Nikon and like so if I bought a body I could use his lenses kind of thing so I was very lucky in that respect but you know Nikon, Canon, Sony that they're all incredible so I would say just yeah just look at the photographer's work that you really like and kind of look at what they're using but if you're starting out don't feel like you need the best camera you can get kind of get one that you can use and you can learn to be comfortable with because once you're comfortable with the settings and kind of how to use manual exposure and things like that which is very important and I would say to people that are trying to learn photography like learn how to expose a photo properly and there's so many resources out there to teach you so it's so what is it's that? definitely doable exposing the photo? Oh, so um so it's kind of called like the exposure triangle so it's um how to expose a photo is made up of your aperture, mm-hmm. which um, is kind of how wide your lens is open. I'm not going to explain this in the most technical way, but huh? so um, that kind of affects your depth of field. So, you know, like a um, portrait mode on iPhones where it blurs mm-hmm. out, that would be a shallow depth of field, which would be a wide aperture, which is a small F number, which will be really confusing. But um yeah so that kind of decides how much light you're letting in Mm -hmm. and then there's your shutter speed which is how quick it kind of takes the photo um so the longer it's open obviously the more light gets in but also the more so if you moved in the frame you would see that kind of thing or if you've got a bit of a shaky hand and you've got a long shutter 
kind of you oh, would see like kind of movement. The live photo on on iPhones where you press it and it's sort of you can move, but it's taken lots of different photos. Yeah, I think live photos. Um, when I'm you not sure. I think it's just a bit of a video, really, isn't it? And it kind of takes snapshots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, shutter speed's kind of. Um, do you remember the Talk Talk adverts before the X Factor back in the day? And they had like light trails. Do you know what I'm mean? like? You can draw yeah. things with sparklers. So like that would be yeah. a, a long shutter speed because yeah, it captures cool. all the light. Yeah. Between when you shutter goes and when it kind of finishes. So so that's the second part and then the third part to join up the triangle would be your ISO which you would turn your ISO up if, the, if you're in like a really dark setting kind of the higher ISO the more light sensitivity there is but that comes with um you get more noise kind of like film grain so you kind of want to avoid that I mean some people like it but but learning how to balance those three is quite important yeah. and then you don't once you understand it it's kind of like second nature so then you can focus on what's going on in the frame and not yeah what you're doing so with your camera it's so fascinating as well and like you're so knowledgeable about it like a photo is just like say cheese smile it's got so many things that you're thinking about when we're yeah. smiling or walking and you're thinking frame layering exposure lighting and, and you know that's like yeah such a multitasking kind of job that you have yeah I, that's a good way of putting it I've never really thought about it like that but yeah there are so many things going on and it can seem overwhelming at the start but you know with anything just persevere and then eventually you won't need to kind of worry about it and you'll just know what settings you should be on yeah and, and when and you can just start to have fun with it but it can be frustrating when you're learning I bought an underwater camera like a few years ago and it was like a little blue one and so I thought when I go like snorkeling or something back in the days of summer holidays oh, that's so sad um <laughs> I'd like take pictures of fish and things underwater and oh, record, wow. like I really like I love doing that or I'd go on a water slide and like film everyone when they've gone under um and I think like, I enjoyed that and I could get it printed because I used to just have, that's a digital camera. So I used to have the one yeah. get developed, but I hated that because I didn't know if the thing had moved. Yeah. <laughs> so I have this digital camera, but we were there snorkeling in Spain, 2019. And yeah, um, kind yeah of I, I must have dived, do. I went down with my slippers <laughs> on and I must have gone like five or so meters down. It got really cold and my camera just shut off. And I was like, are you kidding? There's a seahorse right here. And oh gosh. It, like, it was so, but yeah, I definitely enjoy the sort of watery pictures. I'm too scared to put my phone in water yet. So, um, yeah, me too. It would, they say it's just in it's case, fun, but I just, yeah, I don't want to risk it. <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you if, they have heard this or they want to see a bit more of your work where's the best way to contact you yeah so I've got quite a few things online that you can uh, kind of look at so I my website is lancashireweddingphotography.co.uk and on there I've got some galleries and I've got a blog as well which I, I do a new post every month kind of of either pre well it's previous weddings at the moment because none are happening um but like 
my favorite venues as well and places like that so some inspiration even if you are just planning a wedding and thinking you know I don't I don't know what flowers I should have or anything like that I think that's quite useful and and is a good way of kind of seeing the kind of storytelling I do because that's that's quite a big part of it as well as I'm I'm telling the story of your day and the atmosphere that there was um yeah yeah and then so you can get in touch through there as well there's a contact page and then uh, my Instagram is at Rachel Ovenden photo so I'm, I'm updating that every Wednesday and Sunday at six um so yeah that kind of it's more of a mix of like not just weddings it's what I've talked about kind of the families the engagement shoots some of the commercial things I've done as well and um any uh competitions or offers that I have as well you you can find on there and there are on my highlights kind of um some helpful things for like if you're thinking about booking in or if you had any questions and hopefully I'm going to get one about kind of getting to know me because yeah. I think that's a big part of picking a wedding photographer is kind of not having a stranger there on your day and I always try and I like, get to know my couples beforehand but some people just don't have time if they've got jobs and busy lives so hopefully that will be up soon and then people can kind of see like what else I have going on and things like that um, yeah then... I mean, I'm just literally looking looking at your Instagram now and it's so it's so nice there's just so many <laughs> yeah if people want to get in touch with Rachel again her website is www.lancashireweddingphotography.co.uk and her Instagram is at Rachel Ovenden photo Ovenden being spelled O-V-E-N-D-E-N oh I love chatting with people so if anybody wants to give me a call you can find my number on my website too (laughs) great thanks so much for chatting today no it's been really nice Lucy thank you for having me on thanks for listening and we'll see you next week To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire lass.